0: They don't want you to hear this because as soon as you hear it, your mind is changed and there's no going back.
1: Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guy, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. Welcome on back, my friends, to the Lions of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 144. Today's show notes, which will feature links to everything we talk about in today's show, can be found at lionsofliberty.com slash 144. Today's show is sponsored by LibertyManiacs.com, your home for killer liberty and satirical t shirts, mugs, and all sorts of other gear. Get 10% off your entire order by using discount code LIONS OF LIBERTY. We are also sponsored by our good friends at Health Excellence Select who are offering an exciting and affordable alternative to Obamacare insurance. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash health. My guest today is the producer and editor of the forthcoming documentary, liberty a documentary about freedom in america he is also the vice president of collective minds media he is a writer director producer and cinematographer this guy does it all and he is here with me today jeremiah rounds welcome to the lions of liberty podcast thank you very much it's good to have you here it's good to make your acquaintance and i'm just curious before we get into this documentary i'm always excited about new projects out there to promote liberty but first i want to get to know you a little bit better so why don't you tell us how you first came into the ideas of liberty
0: I probably first became suspicious of government when I was in the Navy. I was an electrician's mate on a nuclear submarine. And I saw a lot of my friends being uh, mistreated by the government. And I realized that they didn't care about us at all. We were just tools for them. And so that's when I first kind of got the impression that perhaps the government isn't all that they claim to be. So after uh, I got out of the Navy, I went to college. And I think uh, that election cycle was in 2004. And, uh, I kind of did some, some research about voting and the electoral college and kind of realized that, huh, that's not really a good system either. And then, uh, after reconnecting with my friend, Neil, we'd been friends in high school and then kind of lost contact when I was in the Navy. And when I came back, he was already deep into all that stuff. And so he's like, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. They're not our friends. And here's some videos. And so, you know, watching, uh, Alex Jones stuff and, And uh, freedom to fascism and a lot of other uh, stuff on YouTube. So
1: he just pulled you right down that rabbit hole with him. huh? Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So Neil was kind of my introduction to the fact that other people had the same doubts and concerns and had done more research than I had.
1: I think that's what happens to a lot of us where we first start to sense that something is wrong with the with the world or just with our system of government we can't always necessarily pinpoint what that is and there might be certain things like you know I used to be a big Alex Jones fan too just because he was pointing out so many things that were just wrong even though maybe later in life I don't always agree with his conclusions about it but um, you know and, and Freedom to Fascism was certainly a film that really kind of sort of I, I've come to hate the phrase woke me up but I'll say it anyway <laughs> it's, it's one of those films that sort of woke me up as well just to the fact that things aren't quite as they seem that there's there's more to investigate when it comes to our current system and that that can lead you down many paths hopefully it leads people towards the ideas of liberty as it certainly did with you
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely
1: and so how did this whole documentary come together i know you mentioned neil here that's neil rademaker who is producing this documentary with you uh so how did you guys get this idea to basically just chronicle the liberty movement in america the modern liberty movement i should say
0: I was actually working on a different film when Neil contacted me. Uh, But before that, he was speaking with Margaret Cecile. And they'd been working together on a website, uh, Liberty Movement Radio. And he was approached by her about doing a documentary about the folks in the Ron Paul campaigns. And she kind of wanted to uh, do a history of, you know, the movement and all these small people's contributions who may have been overlooked um, for some of the bigger names that were out there. And he kind of took that idea as a basis and then added some more stuff. And eventually what it became was a documentary that starts there and leads to where we're at now as kind of a fragmented movement with lots of people doing lots of different things. And most importantly, will lead up to where we can go as in the future as a movement and as individuals. And so he brought me in partway through that and really was asking me just for, he knew I was working on another project. And so he just kind of asked for some advice. uh, I believe it was about fundraising or, you know, pursuing studios or something like that. And so I I forwarded him basically to my producer, who is the owner of uh, Collective Minds Media, William Hopp. And he you know, I kind of just let them go. I figured, you know, he'll answer some questions, maybe help him write up some proposals or something. And, you know, I'll finish up this film and move on to the next project. But the CEO actually called me and said, Hey, I'm going to be going on a month long trip with uh, these guys and helping them raise money. And, you know, we need you to work on some other stuff. So put my film on hold because it was actually his, his writing and directorial debut. And it's a I mean, we were almost done with the film. It's really cool. It's an alien abduction film. Um, But that kind of became our focus as a company as as we put that aside and then moved on to Liberty and decided this is something that needs to happen. It needs to happen now. And it's more important than whatever fame or money we could have made from the other film.
1: So what are some of the most interesting things you – think people will learn about the liberty movement from this documentary are you aiming this more towards people already in the liberty movement or are you trying to really kind of reach out and get some get some i guess some new some new blood in
0: here with this film well i think it's a little of both i think um i don't think there's any way for anybody in the movement to know everybody that was involved you know you'll know the people in your sphere of influence and all that so i think it it opens um Kind of, I think it's a good history lesson for people who have been into it to see kind of what happened behind the scenes a little bit and and reaffirm some of the things that, you know, like the, the National Convention in 2012 and the shenanigans that went on there um, and kind of expose those things in a single place because there's a lot of little bits and pieces all over the Internet where you can look up, you know, fragments of what happened. But we're kind of trying to unify that to show you, look, this is what happened. Here's a narrative and you can see all the corruption that happened and, you know... And what that led to. And then uh, a lot of the people that we're interviewing um, are doing a lot of different things in the present too. So I think it will open a lot of people's minds to different strategies and things that perhaps I hadn't considered. And, but mainly the goal is really, really to reach those people who are not happy with the current system, who are looking for change and who are likely at this point to vote for, you know, Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump or whoever ends up, you know, being the puppet of the week for them. But I think that's the important thing to remember is like we were talking earlier about the the films that we watched that, like you said, woke us up. That's really what we want this to be for a lot of people, especially during this election year that's coming up. We want to be able to reach those people who are dissatisfied and who are yearning for something different. And hopefully, you know, they 're friends of some listener and and they 'll post a feed on Facebook and say, "Hey, you know you 're voting for these people, but you don 't really seem like you want to you 're just doing it because you think you have to. Check out this film, and maybe it'll change your mind, and that 's really what we want to do with it
1: right and This is certainly the time of i don 't know what you would call it the season to strike when when election season is heating up because sadly, for better or for worse this is the time of year that people are paying attention to this stuff, when, when people are actually invested in politics, when people are actually listening, when people want to have these conversations before the elections occur and then suddenly they shut down and, and forget about it again for a while. And, mm-hmm. and you mentioned something interesting there about how some of these current guys out there, uh, such as Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump, have sort of become the vehicle for people's sort of frustrations with the current system. And and these two guys are sort of seen, for better or for worse, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily true, but they're seen as anti-establishment as mm-hmm. being different as being outsiders I mean Bernie Sanders has been in politics for 40 years not sure how much of an outsider he really is <laughs> and you know Donald Trump has been manipulating the government he even admits he's basically a crony capitalist so there might not be so, as much legitimacy to that as some people might think but they, they certainly represent that to a lot of people um, yeah. but meanwhile we have this guy Rand Paul who in theory should really represent that for most people and yet he doesn't seem to be catching the same kind of fire so I mean not to get too Deep into into the uh, anti-pro Rand stuff that people are always bickering <laughs> about, but do you have any insight onto why you think that you know candidates like Bernie and Donald Trump seem to be capturing that enthusiasm, that that general dissatisfaction vote you might call it, uh more so than a guy like Rand or or the people that might be representing you know real liberty values? I mean, even the Libertarian Party.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think Rand is a great example. I think I have a lot of respect for the man, and and. Uh... And obviously a lot of respect for his father as well. But I think his problem is exactly what Trump and Sanders aren't. And that is he's not different enough. He's kind of writing the tactics of, of you know, playing some of the party line things and it makes him blend in too much. I think if he had just gone, you know, full bore libertarian style like like uh, his dad did, then he would stand out a lot and he would be a very, uh, very strong Debate partner for someone like Donald Trump, who's just really abrasive and speaks his mind and and says horrible things, but I think Rand could be a very good counterpoint and point out the different you know faults and in his arguments and and stuff like that, and the same thing with bernie sanders i mean he's and he's offered to to debate him. I would love to see that debate because I think people would get a clearer idea of of what he's capable of there, but I really think that's the problem is is Donald Trump is comes off as being very different even if it's just the way he says things he's saying you know mostly the same stuff he's just saying it in a much more abrasive and annoying manner that people look at as being genuine and uh and bernie sanders again is doing the same you know he's he's saying things that sound very different and you know very exciting and i think that's what gives them their their pull right now is the fact that what they're saying does not sound like what the other politicians are saying and i think rand paul w- when he does speak it it's i don't see a whole lot you know i mean there's some policies obviously that i disagree with but i just don't feel like he comes across as being that different he's got a couple policies that are you know that are different but overall he doesn't feel like a different candidate he feels like a same candidate with a couple different views
1: Sure. And, and even in the areas where he is decidedly better than the other candidates, which is a good number of areas, I would say, <laughs> when he when it comes down to the actual statements, you can just tell that even when he's right, like in the recent debate, he came about the question about medical marijuana. He took sort of that states rights constitutional perspective on it, which there's legitimacy to that. It's, it's a fine way to look at it. Uh, but that's not the way Ron Paul would have approached that subject. Ron Paul would have said, well, no, it's crazy to throw people in jail for marijuana. Are you people in Nuts, and he said, "Are you are you guys gonna all go get high tonight if we, if we don't throw you in jail?" And that sort of stuff really made him stand out, and really made him seem like a genuine person. Whereas Rand might even have a lot of the same beliefs, you know, in in his core. You can kind of tell that he's he's tiptoeing around and playing that game where he's trying to sort of satisfy the GOP base. And, and I think voters kind of sense that, and they and they pick that up. So that seems like a lot of what you're trying to capture and inspire with your documentary here to, to bring it back around that sort of genuineness about politics and about activism or about whatever path people might pursue. When you're genuine about it, when you come across as genuine like Ron Paul did, it's a lot more effective than when you tipsy-toe around things and try to sort of somewhat tell people what they want to hear while also sort of trying
0: to convey what you really believe. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And to that end, I think that's one of the things that's really going to set us apart as a film or actually more than a film is the platform that we're going to be launching on allows us and it's being developed right now it should be we should be ready in, in sometime october hopefully before the campaign ends uh, our kickstarter campaign ends we'll be able to to launch some of our footage already but what we're trying to do is you know make the the 90 minute two hour long film that you can share with your friends and you know download and get from itunes or netflix or wherever but when you see something genuine on it when you see some interview subject that says something that resonates with you and you think wow this person I really like what they have to say but they're only in about five minutes of the film well you come to our website and you'll be able to watch their entire interview uh, whether that's an hour long or two hours long or I mean some of these people can really talk so but you'll be able to see the whole thing and get a better perspective of why they said that particular thing they did in the film and the context that was in and some of their other ideas so I think that's really important too
1: Wow, that is so cool. So you're going to actually allow people access to essentially every second of footage that you guys have shot for this thing? Is that, that, that what you guys are saying?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we're going to cut out the pregnant pauses and the ums and ahs sure, and that yeah. kind of stuff. But yeah, all the content of what they're actually saying, yeah, that'll be available for everyone to watch. Wow. That is, as far as I know, completely
1: unprecedented when it comes to documentary filmmaking, because usually the filmmakers want you to see what they chose you to see and want you to see the story that they've crafted. And of course, you guys want that as well. But in addition, you're going to allow people to say, hey, look, check the whole thing out. We're not trying to hide anything. This is what these guys, people say. I think that's just incredible. Not not only just the, the fact that you're doing it, but technologically that you can actually, you're going to be able to manage to, to upload and archive that much material and, and allow people to access it
0: yeah absolutely it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a trick that's why it's not launched yet but yeah i mean e- even if we had to just use a youtube platform I think there's ways of doing it that make that available and I understand why people don't do it, but I really think it's important for something like this because there's such a level of distrust in the movement and in general that without being transparent like that i think we'll we'll get a lot of flack for maybe trying to manipulate you know what these people said and If we just say, look, you know, yeah, we had to create a narrative for the film to make it not boring. And we had to, you know, cut and paste where we needed to to make it work. But don't take our word for it. Just watch the whole thing and you'll see what, you know, where we got it from and what they were saying around there. And I think that's cool, too, because a lot of people will be able to share that. Like maybe someone wouldn't watch the whole movie, but they could send a a link to a friend and be like, hey, remember we were talking about, you know, Homesteading and growing your own food. Well, check out this guy from this documentary. And he goes off for an hour about how to do aquaponics or something like that. And then they can watch that part of it. And then maybe that makes them, takes them back to the film and they can learn about other parts of the movement that perhaps they aren't as interested in.
1: Sure, because as we discussed before, I mean, it, it can just take one issue, one area of interest to sort of Pull you down that rabbit hole. So if if someone is interested in farming, for example, and maybe they've seen the ill effects of government getting involved in that, and they see an interview with. Joe Salatin I don't even know if you interviewed him just tossing his name out and they go oh wow this guy's got a lot to say what's this documentary and then next thing they know they're getting sucked right down there with us and they they got you know Ron Paul 2012 bumper stickers on their car a few few, few years late but what are you going to (laughs) do who are some of the names you've actually interviewed for this documentary who are some of the, the notable names that people might have heard of and and who are some people that just stood out to you as being you know particularly valuable insight to the liberty movement
0: um well we haven't got a whole lot so far. We've got a list of over a hundred people and that's kind of what we're doing right now is raising money to get the others because you know, travel with a film crew gets expensive and we're gonna be out there for about a month. So I mean that's why we're trying to raise fifty thousand dollars on Kickstarter. And the names that are on there are I mean, they they run the gamut from, you know, Jordan Page and Adam Kokesh to people who probably you've never heard of but are doing local activism on a very small scale. And right now, I think we, I don't remember how many exactly we did, but we've only been to a one-day trip to L.A. and a couple trips to Phoenix and a day in Las Vegas, Nevada. And that's pretty much all we've been able to afford out of our own pockets right now. I mean, we we'd probably put like $10,000 into it already just out of the people who are involved. And so to cover our expenses, we're going to be raising more money. But some of the coolest interviews so far have been with uh, Ernest Hancock, from Freedom's Phoenix, and Barry Hess was really cool. He had a lot of really good information. He's not that much featured in the trailer, but, I mean, just the best parts of what he said, I think there was like an hour and a half just of the best pieces, not even the full interview, but just the, my favorite pieces. So, And then a lot of, of local activists and people who are doing homesteading and farming or the people at Jackalope Fest was really cool in Arizona where it's just kind of a an event without planning no rulers, no no planning, just show up. Everyone kind of creates spontaneous order. And that was a really cool experience too.
1: Uh-oh, sounds dangerous. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and, I, and I'm kind of a special case too. So I almost represent the mainstream because after I was a delegate for Ron Paul in 2012, locally here in Clark County, Nevada. Oh, cool. And so 2008 is when I kind of was like, yeah, Ron Paul is awesome. Whoa, they're blacking him out. And then 2012, I was like, well, he's back. I'm going to try my best. I'm pretty sure the system's entirely rigged. But if it's not, I'd hate to miss this opportunity to make a difference. So you know, I registered Republican and became a delegate and went to Reno and, and helped get our Ron Paul delegates nominated so they could go to the national convention. And then when that all happened at the national convention, I was like, no, I guess it was totally rigged. Okay, And I just kind of didn't didn't really get into the movement. I just kind of said, all right, well, I'm just going to be my own person and, you know, do what I can on my own. But I didn't really follow the movement much. I didn't, you know, I didn't pay attention to a lot of the the stuff that was going on. And, you know, it'd pop up in my feed every, every now and again, mainly because of Neil. So I'd get little bits and pieces of information, but I didn't follow it as in depth as some other people did. So to me, this whole experience has been eye opening because it's almost like I'm getting a, a review of the past four years or so and learning about what's been going on and hearing from these people for the first time and kind of getting that perspective brand new has been exciting for me because you know I, I didn't know that other people necessarily thought the same way I did and uh, a good example is is Ernie Hancock when we interviewed him and he kind of described how there's you know people ask him who who is this they this mysterious they and them that everyone <laughs> talks about and uh, I really loved his answer it's it's he said it's really simple there's two kinds of people there's those that just want to be left alone and then the they them and those are those that simply will not leave them alone <laughs> and i thought that's the simplest most profound way of of making that statement and then that's when you know through the interview i kind of realized oh okay so there are people that think like me and and there's even a term for it it's a leave me aloneist and i was <laughs> like i didn't know that was that was a term and, but that's totally me so so yeah it's been really cool just hearing these different perspectives and, and learning about things that, you know, I've been in my mind, but I didn't know there was a, an entire group of people who also felt the same way so it's kind of kind of cool
1: your story there is really interesting jeremy because you got so involved in in the liberty movement at one point so involved in the politics of it at least in in regards to ron paul that you'd spent all this time time and i assume money too oh yeah um, at, at these you know republican meetings at these caucuses working to get representatives out there to the republican national convention only to see that Wait, this was meaningless. They totally shut our delegates down. Mm -hmm. I mean, they actually earned enough delegates for Ron Paul to get a speaking spot at the podium. And then on the fly, they changed the rules and said, no, you don't need five states. You actually need eight states to get in. And it just so happened that Ron Paul had a majority of delegates in seven states just by, I'm sure, sheer coincidence. So, Uh I mean, the guy had no chance to win, and yet they couldn't even just let him have his speech. They couldn't even just let him come out there and and have the delegates basically express the right that they earned, which is to to hear their candidate give his place platform and give his speech about why he should be the nominee so I mean, it must have been a terribly frustrating experience and I I know it was for you because you, it, it basically it sounds like it made you essentially temporarily at least withdraw from the liberty movement and basically just say screw this I'm just going to go you know make my films and, and forget about this whole thing and do my own thing because it's just a terrible waste of time and yet here you are <laughs> sucked back yeah. into things and uh, it's a really interesting perspective that this is almost you know you're chronicling this for other people but it sounds like you're kind of chronicling all this for yourself as well so that, that's a really interesting take on things,
0: Yeah. And, I th- you know, you just mentioned something that I think is really important, the fact that they made it so that he couldn't even speak. And I think that's that's kind of the key to this whole thing is why would they do that? You know, if he's if he's not a threat and he's not going to get elected, why would they not even allow him to speak? And I think it's pretty obvious that the reason is ideas have more power than votes. And that is what they didn't want to happen. Because if, if Ron Paul got to speak there. I think a lot of people, they would be forced to hear it. You know, a lot of people by choice didn't listen to him. But if he's there in front of all the Republicans, they're going to have to listen to him out of respect or, you know, look like idiots. So they'd listen to him. And he's got such a simple message that it's hard to refute. And I think they did not want that message getting attention. And that's what we're trying to do now is we're trying to to bring back that attention and and show people, look, they don't want you to hear this because as soon as you hear it, Your mind is changed and there's no going back. And that's that's where the power lies is is in changing the hearts and the minds of, of ordinary people who are in the system right now and, you know, getting them unplugged from the matrix.
1: That's a really good point, because, I mean, everything we do comes back to people's ideas and people's beliefs. We can vote all we want, and I think voting does have its role. I mean, out here in California, there's gonna be a vote next year to legalize marijuana. I'm not gonna to hesitate to place that vote, cause it's the right thing to do, and it will, it'll help a lot of people's lives. At the same time, though, I mean, the votes are going to come after people's ideas change, essentially. So, you know, yeah, Ron Paul didn't have the vote to that convention to win or make any difference. But his ideas had the possibility of changing people's views and to the people that are sort of in the establishment that are the crony capitalists, that are the, the fascists, that are profiting off the bad ideas of government and, and the bad things that our government does. They don't want the good ideas creeping in there. They can't have that. They can have people voting for Ron Paul to so are blue in the face if, if the ideas aren't getting to other people. Because what's going to happen is that the ideas are going to change first. And when people's ideas change, when people view their fellow man differently, when people view the the use of force and the use of violence differently, you're not going to need a Ron Paul running to, to point all this stuff out. People just aren't going to elect fascists. They're not going to elect people with terrible ideas. It's not even going to be an issue. So it makes all the sense in the world to focus on philosophy, to focus on individual rights, and to focus on the ideas. Because without that stuff, every other action we take ultimately becomes meaningless and could even become counterproductive
0: yeah absolutely and and they'll also bring those things up so once the ideas are out there and people are thinking about them they're gonna have to address them because you can't have like a ask trump twitter session and not have you know a hundred thousand people responding like so you know what are your thoughts on personal liberty and freedom like you can't you know what about the federal reserve all those things like they have to address them because they're going to be on everyone's mind. And I think an example of how powerful that change of heart and mind can be is look at McDonald's, you know, one of the biggest disgusting fast food chains on the planet. But a movie comes out called Supersize Me and all of a sudden, coincidentally, they drop the super size from their menu and they start adding healthy options and, you know, they change their menu Because of a movie and the effect it had on people's minds. And I think that's something that that is very important to learn from is that films have the power to change the hearts of people. You know, if you're a corporation, if your customers minds are all changed, you better adapt or you're going to lose the money, which is all they care about. They care about the money and the control. And if you lose that, you have to change to get it back. And I think that's important.
1: And in a way, politicians are the same. They're obviously not as accountable as, as a company or a business ultimately has to be to its customers. But at the end of the day, these guys do need to get elected. And if, if the ideas of the people change, the politicians at the end of the day are going to have to follow suit and are going to have to change or they're going to you know find themselves having to actually work for a living. So the ideas <laughs> are certainly important. So I'm so thrilled to see that you guys are producing this documentary. The trailer looks awesome. Um, the fact that all this footage is going to be up there for, for everyone to see, I think it's just amazing. Amazing. and uh, so I'm, I'm glad you're really taking that approach as well and uh, I'm glad you're out there doing this I hope you guys get the support you need so speaking of that why don't you tell everybody out there exactly how they can support this project how they can find the Kickstarter and uh, how they can really get this thing going
0: yeah so right now our most important focus is to raise the money so that we can finish the film and so to that end going to kickstarter.com and searching for Liberty Documentary will pop right up you'll see us you can watch the trailer you know donate a dollar that would be great you know five bucks ten bucks a thousand bucks whatever you can afford just keep in mind that the money doesn't actually leave your account like you're not actually charged anything when you donate until we reach the entire goal so you don't have to worry about you know donating money and then not seeing a return on that we're either gonna get all we need or we get none of it so and none of it leaves your account until we get all we need so that's important to remember and even more important than that, I mean, that's really what we're trying to do. Because without that money, it's really hard for us to go out and do a, you know, an actual film. But spreading the word is just as important, and reaching people and you know, posting it on Facebook, which our Facebook is uh, Liberty Documentary Film, and all of our social media stuff. If you go to libertydocumentary.com, it's all on there, and you can also donate with PayPal or Bitcoin directly from our website. That's the main thing. We're putting out a lot of videos. I mentioned that we were going to be releasing all the interviews. Well, we've kind of started giving away pieces of it already. So if you go to our YouTube channel, which is Liberty Documentary, you'll see several of the interviews, subjects that we've done. They've got extended pieces that are, you know. From thirty seconds to a couple of minutes long, just on a single thought to give you an idea of. You saw a, a little taste of it in the trailer. Well, here's a couple of minutes of them expounding upon some other topic, and I think we're going to keep doing that until we run out of clips, I guess. But, and just like us on Facebook, follow us. Uh, you know, we've got articles coming out. We've got lots and lots of videos that are coming out, and we started a new campaign too to kind of get people involved, which is basically called My Liberty and. We're asking people to just record little clips of yourself talking about what liberty means to you and then hashtag it my and liberty documentary and just spread the word that way. The important thing to us is seeing what people individually feel is liberty to them. So that would be a very cool thing to do also is to uh, record a video and send that out.
1: Great stuff, man. Again, the documentary is Liberty, a documentary about freedom in America. Jeremiah Rounds, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. And uh, you know, keep up the great work, man. I'm really looking forward to seeing this project through.
0: Great. Thank you very much for having me. Sure thing, man. Take care.
1: All right, guys, and I've got my own thoughts coming up in a second in the last roar, but first I've got to tell you a little bit more about our great sponsors. Starting with our friends at libertymaniacs.com. If you go and peruse Damocall's amazing website, you will find so much cool gear that you can wear out there. And let me tell you, wearing this stuff often inspires great conversations. I wear my ready for oligarchy shirt out there. I catch the eyes of Hillary Clinton supporters. And next thing you know, they get a little closer and they say, wait a minute, that doesn't say, that doesn't say ready for Hillary. What's this oligarchy thing? Well, then I can say, hey, oligarchy is when big business essentially controls the government. And next thing you know, we're talking about crony capitalism. We're talking about fascism. We're talking about liberty. What better way to start a conversation than by wearing a cool liberty-minded t-shirt? And our friends at libertymaniacs.com have all sorts of cool liberty-minded satirical gear. I highly recommend checking it out. You can go over to libertymaniacs.com slash pages slash lions or simply use the code Lions of Liberty all one word at checkout that's libertymaniacs.com. And if you're a fan of this show, there's a decent chance you're someone who reads the headlines and sees what's going on in the world and you may have seen the headline that insurance premiums are set to rise once again by some estimates up to 50% thanks to the mandates from the quote-unquote affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. And if you're like me and you purchase your own health insurance, then you're experiencing a serious case of sticker shock. But there is a way to control these costs. There is a way to restore some sanity to managing your health care. And that is by rejecting the current system altogether and doing what I did and checking out a health sharing plan. And our friends at Health Excellence Select can sign you up for just that. Not only that, they provide some great services, including personal care assistance, 24-7 access to doctors via Skype, as well as all sorts of discounts on medical and dental care. You cannot afford to not look in. Is that too many negatives? Oh well. You can't afford not to look into this, guys. Health Excellence Select. You can speak directly with my representative. Jeff Cantor, by calling him at 440-283-6849, or you can find more information by visiting lionsofliberty.com slash health. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed my conversation there with Jeremiah Rounds, a great guy who I didn't even know a week ago. I didn't even have this interview arranged a week ago, but that's the cool thing about being involved in the liberty movement. You don't just get to advance the ideas of liberty in, in a vacuum. You do it by talking to people and by meeting new people. And I've done this podcast for, for two years here, and I've met so many great people through the show, just by getting guests on my show, and a lot of these guests become friends, become acquaintances, become people I interact with regularly, and it really is a truly wonderful thing to be able to do that, and be able to really expand our own sort of personal network within the liberty movement, because the stronger our network is, the stronger we are, the less we look like crazy lunatics shouting in the corner about all the ills of the world. Now, when we can come together and make exciting projects, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a great documentary about the modern liberty movement, well, these provide amazing opportunities to reach other people. That's why I do this podcast. That's why Jeremiah is creating this film, Liberty, a documentary about freedom in America. And there's one important idea that we touched on in our interview that I want to expand upon a little bit. And, and that was this idea of the they. And, you know, Jeremiah spoke to Ernest Hancock, who said, well, the they is basically all the people that want to mess with you. that want to interfere with your life if you're someone who doesn't want to be interfered with. And there's definitely some legitimacy to that. But I would take it a step further. And I would say the they aren't necessarily specific people, although they can manifest in specific people. The they is really just the bad ideas, the ideas of related to using force upon our fellow man. And these ideas are manifested in people all over the place, people that we might not necessarily see as that they. Uh, I don't really like to look at things as an us versus them situation because these bad ideas, the ideas of using force, Force upon people when they have not used force upon you is something that almost all of our friends and family hold to some degree. If they didn't, I wouldn't have to do a libertarian podcast to try to explain these ideas. Jeremiah wouldn't have to make a documentary about the liberty movement because there wouldn't really need to be a liberty movement. It would just be what people think. So the, the whole thing we're doing here is trying to combat bad ideas, not combat a specific set of people per se. Of course, if people physically do use those bad ideas to intrude on your life, uh, yeah, there are there are ways that you might actually have to Combat people. And by combating people, I mean legislatively. I still mean on the battle of ideas. Uh, you know, if someone busts into your home, obviously you have to actually combat them at some point too. But, you know, little battles and skirmishes like that aren't really seeing the big picture. The big picture, the way to really change the world, is to change the way people view the legitimate use of force upon their fellow man. Right now, force is seen as legitimate to do a myriad number of things to. Arrest people and throw them in jail for owning a certain plant or a certain compound. Some people believe the government should use force to throw people who own guns in jail or certain types of guns, for example, even if those people have never harmed another soul. And these are basic philosophical differences. Now, most people might not even be thinking through things philosophically. They're just thinking, oh, well... You know, I saw that there was a shooting on the news, and therefore I don't like guns, and therefore ban them. Therefore, use government force to attack people essentially that have those things. And you know, it's it's a simple way to break it down. But at the end of the day, all of our political beliefs come down to what we view as the acceptable use of force against our fellow man. Whether that force is privately, whether it's done through government, we can spend decades and eons and multiple shows, as we have, talking about how society could work without coercive governments, and you know how. How companies might fill some of those gaps, but at the end of the day, the most important thing is the philosophy of individual rights and breaking that down. That's why I spend so much time harping on it on this show. That's why I spend so much time recommending great works on this show, and I will continue to do so. I will continue to try to ingrain these ideas in my listeners' and you guys, you guys that are hearing my voice right now, that's why I do this I try to change the way people think about things and it might not be effective in one show it might not be effective in uh, 144 shows, I don't know, but boy if I don't try, well then what do I have to complain about, so if you enjoy what I'm doing if you want to help me keep trying to change the ideas of the world, please do help us out and there's several ways you can do that, of course you can shop at libertymaniacs.com, you can check out a a sharing plan from Health Excellence Select you can shop on the Amazon banner through our website, you know, like I've said before, I don't make money on on this website not at all neither of my contributors make money as well what we do want to do is hopefully expand our website do more podcasts we have some announcements about both those things coming pretty soon but the more we can put into things on our own the more help we can get from other people the better vehicles that we can create to continue to spread these ideas. So if you like the way we're doing it and want to support us, that's one way you can do it. You can also do it without spending a dime. The best way you can do it is just telling your friends and family. Email your dad. Say, hey, dad, I heard this cool podcast. Check it out. You know, simple stuff like that is what can really get the ball rolling and get people interested in these things. You can also, of course, help us just by going over to iTunes. Even if that's not how you listen to the show, you can go over there, subscribe to our podcast, leave us a rating, hopefully a five-star rating, and leave us a review, hopefully a good review. These are ways that you can help get this show in front of more people. You can also come and interact with us. We'd love to have conversations with our listeners. We love to make a dialogue. We're not just trying to dictate things. We want to have a conversation. You can find us on social media, our Facebook, at facebook.com/slash lions of liberty. While you're there on Facebook, why don't you come check out our forum, the Lions of Liberty Forum. That's our private group where we talk about all sorts of issues, all our podcasts, all our articles we publish at LionsOfliberty.com. You can interact with myself, interact with our other contributors, interact with some past guests as well. It's a really fun spot and we're we're growing it every day, so just come on over to the Lions of Liberty Forum. You can, of course, find us on Twitter, at Lions of Liberty. There are just so many ways you can interact with us and share our material. There's no reason not to, unless you just don't like us. And if so, what what are you still doing here? 40 minutes into my show or so. Guys, I'm going to keep pumping these things out each and every week. A little bit later in the week, this coming Thursday, I'm going to be speaking with a gentleman by the name of Sean Malone, who has produced and directed a documentary entitled Farming in Fear which is a, a look at a, a, basically a situation where a woman bought a farm, started a farm, started producing farm-like things as, as people on farms often do. And before she knew it, she had the local government coming down on her for a series of supposed infractions to the point where she was quite literally farming in fear. And I'm, I'm very excited to talk to Sean about this documentary. Until then, folks, live long and live free. Ask yes.